Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will now begin our chanting segment. Chanting is another form of meditation. Through chanting, we have to be present in the moment as we concentrate on each syllable that's presented before us. It is a way for us to calm our minds and to be in the here and now. We will begin at the sound of the bell. We will now chant Jusege. Thank you. 
I can't believe it's not Buddha. I would like to review the book, I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha, What Fake Buddha Quotes Can Teach Us About Buddhism, published in 2018 by Bodhi Paksa. I recently received a framed watercolor of the ocean with the following quotation overlaid on top of that. To live in the hearts one leaves behind is not to die. Joseph Campbell I treasure this gift. Joseph Campbell, the famed mythologist and folklorist, is one of my favorite writers. He also appeared in the six-part PBS documentary series, The Power of Myth by Bill Moyers. But there is one problem. I discovered that Joseph Campbell ne never actually said this. This is actually a quote from Thomas Campbell, the author of the book, My Big Toe, Awakening. Toe is an acronym for the theory of everything. This is called quotation inflation. It is still a wonderful quotation, but perhaps not quite wonderful enough without attributing it to Joseph Campbell. It may even be that Joseph Campbell wishes he had said it, but alas, he did not. This is one example of how quotations can become incorrectly attributed. It is even possible that it was due to an innocent typo Joseph for Thomas. This often occurs with quotations attributed to the historical Buddha. This is highlighted in the book, I Can't Believe It's Not Buddha, by Bodhipaksa. He illustrates how many of the popular quotations of the Buddha are incorrect. Promoting the importance of a quote by attributing it to the Buddha is quite common. Bodhipaksa explains the process in this way. When quotations are anonymous, or by people who are no longer well-known, 
it is common for them to be reassigned to more famous figures. I predict that in the distant future, all quotes from our era will be attributed to Mark Twain, Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein, and of course, the Buddha. Often, a spurious quote of the Buddha can be detected by the type of language being used. For example, the quote in question might be part of an attempt to make Buddhism seem rationalistic and therefore more palatable to modern readers, like the following. The Dharma that I preach can be understood only by those who know how to think. This is not the words of the Buddha. The author reminds us that we can't think our way to awakening. Reality is something to be experienced and seen. Another possibility is that the quote is too new agey and modern to be an authentic quotation from the Buddha. For example, the following quotation attributed to the Buddha was found on the Twitter bio of actress and pop icon Miley Cyrus. Happiness does not depend on what you have or who you are. It solely relies on what you think. This one easily stands out as inauthentic due to its law of attraction style of language. Bodhipaksa explains that there is much more to Buddhism than just our thinking. It also includes the changing of one's heart. The difference between the Buddha's teachings and positive thinking is that for the Buddha, citta, or mind, was a much more, was much, much more than thought. In fact, some translators choose to render citta as heart-mind, or even just as heart. The Buddha focuses much more on the emotional tone of our volitions, rather than volitions alone. And then there are some that are just plain wrong. Karma seems to be a particularly misrepresented in the Buddhist quotations on social media, like this one. Every human being is the oct- Every human being is the author of his own health or disease. Again, not a quote from the Buddha. This quote crops up regularly on Twitter, on quote sites, and in many books as well, most of them published since 2005, which shall henceforth be known as the year fact-checking died. Karma in Buddhism isn't some kind of cosmic judge meeting out rewards and punishments. This is also an example of a Buddhist idea being influenced by modern Hindu teachers. The quote in question comes from Bliss Divine by Swami Sivananda, who was indeed a Hindu teacher. As it happens, a significant number of fake Buddha quotes are more Hindu than Buddhist in tone. Bodhipaksa also explains that he is not trying to verify Buddha quotations as being the actual words of the historical Buddha. Rather, he is only pointing out the ones that are really from Madame Marie Curie or Robert Louis Stevenson. It is important to note that in the Mahayana tradition, there are four types of authentic Buddhist quotations within the sutras. First, the Buddha actually said it. Second, someone said something and the Buddha agreed with it. Third, the Buddha asked someone to speak in his place. And fourth, a Buddha said it. There is no fifth way. Being that it appeared on the internet somewhere, if it sounds like a Hallmark card, then it is likely from Huffington Post and not from the Buddha. Also, be very wary of consuming the Buddha's teachings from t-shirts and coffee mugs. Thank you very much. Join me in Gasho. Namo Amidabuts. Namandabuts. Namandabuts. Namandabuts.
Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2023 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.